idea. And he wanted to sort of uh, prove to the Nazis, like, you know, hey, if you send me to uh, this pleasant island, I'm going to set up my cameras and I'm going to spy on the British fleet. But because, you know, it's a concaver, I'm not going to point my cameras across the water. I'm going to tilt them up. And then, you know, I should be able to tilt them up and then see the British fleet. Whether he saw something or not, this is not, Kuiper doesn't sort of cover this, but he just drops that in there. And people just like, yeah, God, I wish he really, who was his source? Where did he get this from? But um, I don't know. But this this Heinz Fisher guy actually was, uh, are you familiar with Project Paperclip? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so he's actually one of the Nazi scientists that were kind of, um, I don't know, rehabilitated or rescued or whatever. Yeah, I think just adopted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was just like it was a foster child program for yeah. Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> we'll take some of that. And <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, but I mean, if we're going to take Kuiper's word for it. Obviously, within the Nazi circles, there was some there was some uh, uh, affinity for the idea that maybe Hollow Earth. You know, we are living in a Hollow Earth or living. Uh, you know, on top of Earth and their civilizations un- underneath. All right, so now right at the end of World War, sorry, right at the beginning of the World War II, the uh, the, the Nazis, I, I guess they're like, if we're going to launch a, a war, we got to secure a source of whale oil. Why they needed whale oil, I don't know. Maybe for greasing the wheels of anti-aircraft guns or something like that. But they're like, okay, <laughs> we can't. We're Clean burning lamp fuel. Exactly. We are going to be totally embargoed on the whale whale oil trade. So, so they uh, they went down to south uh, um, uh, the South Pole and tried to establish a station down there to see if maybe they could establish like a whaling station down there. Not a lot of success. gave it a, gave it a shot for a couple of years. It didn't didn't work out. So you know now people are like, see, the Nazis were interested in the South Pole. Now at the end of the war. Uh, there were a couple submarines, German U-boats, that sort of pulled into Argentina, kind of surrendered to Argentina. They figured, like, I think they figured they were going to, you know, Argentina and the Nazis, there's a little bit of a, an association there, we, as we sort of have discovered over the years. And so I, I think they kind of thought that they were going to be, if not greeted as heroes, they were going to be treated fairly or, you know, slap on the wrist. But they were just, you know, they were basically locked up and they just handed over to the Allied powers. But they were then, I mean, they were sort of grilled, like, well, what are you doing here? Where did you go? And, and, and stuff like that. So from that, we get the, there, there, was a, uh, there was a journalist in Argentina, Zabo might have been his last name. Again, a name I'm totally butchering. And he kind of just ran with the idea that before the Nazis, these Nazi U-boats, you know, put the port in Argentina, they actually spirited Hitler and Martin Bormann and, you know, all this technology to at the South Pole, where those whaling stations were not actually abandoned, but uh, had been uh, had been you know uh, you know developed and you know built out and gone underground and, and, and stuff stuff like that. So now I think all of this functions as, as an alternative version of the secret space program or something like that. Exactly, where it's like either the Nazis went to the moon or the Nazis went to Antarctica, but it certainly isn't over. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 So now, now Ernst Zundel, uh, this guy jumps in, into the picture. Now Ernst Zundel, uh, he was born in Germany, and you know, like a lot of people, he uh, he dodged the draft and moved to Canada. And you know, it's like 
I don't want to fight, but I want other people to fight. You know, kind of one of these kind of kind of hypocrites kind mm-hmm. of things. So yeah, so he's apparently a pretty good graphic artist. Starts his own business in Toronto, and um, he <laughs> eventually he uh, he hooks up with this with this guy Adrian Arcand, and and Adrian Arcand was a a, a politician uh, who. Uh, even though I'm Canadian, I still have to laugh at this. He billed himself as the uh, Canadian Führer, so he weaved himself. <laughs> yeah, the Canadian Führer. Didn't he? Uh, didn't Adrian Arcand start off as a journalist or something? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he. Um, yeah, he was a, a, a journalist. He he was also a. There was a party in Canada called the Social Credit Party. They're kind of still around, big in Quebec. Uh, before the war years, I mean, they were just a balls-out anti-Semitic party. They they read the protocols of the elders of Zion into the well, we would call it the Hansard. We might you might call it the Congressional Record in, in the states, but basically, uh-huh. you know, anything said in Congress, they, they made it an official document. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Wow. We can never get rid of that. Now that is part of the you know <laughs> that is our yeah. So after the war, they're like they kind of officially abandoned uh anti-semitism but not really they're still pretty pretty uh anti-semitic party even 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 today doesn't necessarily mean if you were a uh, a member of that party you are anti-semitic but i don't know i would uh i would have questions and concerns if you said yeah, oh, yeah i'm a your candidate for the social credit party vote for me so, yeah so zundel um I, I guess Zindel kind of learns, you know, probably a lot of anti-Semitism and stuff at, at the at the feet of uh, the Canadian Führer. <laughs> this, this guy does not look like a Führer. Like a, he, no, he does yeah, not. If you, if you can actually if you can jump to a uh, wiki, he looks like um, he, he was, uh, you know, this is, again, this is one of those problems where you're sort of turning old. You, you complete. He was that guy in that movie with the other guy. Uh, there you <laughs> yeah, go. Exactly. He looks exactly, he looks exactly <laughs> like him. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so, so Zundel, um, so he starts up his own publishing company. He calls it Samzadat, Samzadat Publishing, to start cranking out basically full-on Holocaust denial kinds of, kinds of stuff. You know, like a book called, like, The Third Reich and the Six Million Swindle. You know, I mean, just titles themselves are just, like, toe-curling, you know. I, I saw one of them, did, did Six Million really yes, die? Ex- Question yeah, mark? Yeah, exactly. So, um. <laughs> And it's like, what are these kind of things where it's like, you know, it's the, set, the original Sam's Adat were uh, kind of like uh, subversive publications uh, published behind the Iron Curtain by, you know, by people who opposed, you know, communism and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, you see this now with the, I think it's called the White Rose Party or the White Rose Movement, especially in the UK. They're big in the UK. The, white, the original White Rose Movement was a group of, German students who opposed Hitler, the rise of Hitler mm-hmm. and sort of you know his fascism, uh, and you know they were all eventually captured and tortured to death. You know, pretty awful. But they these the, these sort of these anti-vax, you know, uh, anti-mandate kind of people have sort of, they've now they've they've claimed that name for them, for themselves. But you know, Zundel Zundel was right on that. So he um, yeah. So he you you can see the 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 disposition that he has and. I, just how he views himself there as being this sort of underground purveyor of freedom and free thought. Yes. That, that, you know, the, the state is constantly trying to oppress him. And here he is fighting this good fight with his underground printing press and, and spreading the word of the truth to everybody who, you know, who's doesn't, who has been convinced about all these lies. He really sees himself as a martyr. And not only that, he multiple times, 
refers to himself as the defender of, uh, I believe it's civil rights for Germans or, or human rights. For yeah, yeah, Germans. Yes, that's, yes, that's exactly. right. He, he was the, uh, the, the, the Canadian Gandhi or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he referred to himself as. Yeah. He, he, he calls him that. He calls himself Gandhi for, for Germans. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, on that point, he he does he does actually form. I mean, but besides Sanzadat, he does form kind of two groups. And again, this is one of those things where, like, um, you know, people they, they form these like highfalutin groups, like so, like you know, Mothers for right. Freedom. And it's like when you kind of look under, it's like it's it's like six moms in a Starbucks, and they're lobbying for you know Uganda to pass a law that lets people execute trans kids you know it's just like it's just this mothers for freedom execution of trans kids in uganda i don't know yeah he, he does so he does form a couple groups like the german jewish historical commission <laughs> how, how many jews you think are on that commission i don't know but it's just i just to promote holocaust denial right and then uh, concerned parents of german descent was his other group. that was i think julian you were saying that was where it's like you know like we have to protect our German children from being made fun of in school. Now, I, in the seventies, yeah, I mean, you know, if you know Carl Mamer, so, you know, I don't know why. Actually, now that I think of it, I never got fingered as a Nazi, <laughs> Carl Mamer. I mean, later on, yeah, but uh, but uh, but it's like, yeah, if there was like you know, like that that one kid who was actually like, I am from Germany. You're a Nazi kid, you know, like you, you would just you would just. Kids will find anything to pound on other kids. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so, uh, yeah. I I mean, yeah. I mean, post-war for a number of years. Like, yeah, like, you know, that was the, if you were a kid, you were probably, in German, you were probably mom. But, you know, good. But that doesn't mean, like, hey, let's round up all the Jews then. That almost reminds me a little bit of this uh, misplaced hysteria over critical race theory in the States, where they're targeting a thing that's not a thing uh, that's taught anywhere except for upper college level classes. But the, the hysteria is, at least in the States, this reaction where we need to defend the white children from attacks. It, it, same idea. Yeah. Or, defend or the children, d- German children from attacks of teaching history about the Holocaust. Well, and you get the same yes. sort of, um, uh, of, uh, of astroturfing with the groups, too, where you have this kind of name that looks that sounds fantastic. And I think, you know, Mothers for Freedom is a perfect one. And then they're going to show up and at a school board and demand.